I'm Marion Kolbesik-McGee, Managing Editor of Healthcare Info Security. The National Institutes of Health recently announced it was creating the position of Associate Director for Data Science, reflecting NIH's growing emphasis on informatics works. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Eric Green, who is currently serving as Acting Director for Data Science at NIH. Dr. Green will describe some of the informatic projects that are underway at NIH and explain why data security and privacy is important to many of these efforts. Hi, Dr. Green. Hi there. Could you tell us a little bit about your role at NIH and why the new Associate Director of Data Science position is being created? So my role at NIH is to direct one of the 27 institutes and centers. I'm the director of the National Human Genome Research Institute. In addition to that, I've now been asked on an interim basis to be the acting associate director for data science as part of new emphasis on big data in biomedical research, in particular data science as it pertains to the large amounts of biomedical research data being generated by NIH-supported research and other supported research in biomedicine. Tell us a little bit about the kinds of informatics work underway at NIH and where data privacy and security fits in. So when you say at NIH, there's a large amount of data being generated and informatics research being done at NIH, but the even greater amount takes place outside of NIH, but supported by NIH grants and contracts. NIH, a research agency of the federal government, but most of the money is associated with it, goes outside of the government in the forms of grants and contracts. So if I speak broadly to all NIH-supported research, both being done within the government and outside the government, I would tell you that we're in the middle of almost a phase change in biomedical research, where 10, 15 years ago we were data poor and analysis capable to now, because of major technology advances in a number of areas, we find ourselves data rich and analysis poor. We cannot analyze the data as quickly as we generate it because the technologies we now have for generating data are so spectacular. When it comes to issues of data privacy and security, those are most relevant to to biomedical research data that have been generated on humans, subjects, participants of research projects uh, that are involved in large studies. But in addition, we have lots of data that we're generating, not of of non-human data, mice, flies, worms, yeast, bacteria, and so forth. Related to the research on human uh, data, um, as more patient data from electronic health records, genomic sequencing, medical imaging, et cetera, becomes available to NIH for research projects, what are the emerging challenges related to data security and privacy there? So there is great excitement in being able to analyze very large data sets coming out of electronic health records, as you say, and then integrating those with increasing amounts of genomic data and imaging data, even environmental exposure data, and so forth. The kinds of data sets that will truly yield the biomedical insights that we need will have to be so large that we need to think about how to get all that data in one place and analyze it. 
And of course, you want to have communities of scientists, dozens, hundreds of scientists around the world being able to analyze that data in different and creative ways to get the greatest insights. Moving that data around, therefore, because of its size, becomes a challenge. And so one of the, the things we're looking at now and investigating and doing some pilot studies on are, are, are what are different models one might use to have that sort of analysis take place, perhaps not by moving the data around, but putting the data in one site and having people access it, perhaps putting it up in the cloud. But there's lots of questions. We need to protect that data and make sure that it's appropriately secure, especially the human data, because that's what we promised the individuals who are participants of that. And But when you start moving it into the cloud or you move it to different sites or you start moving it beyond where that data might have originally been generated, it poses challenges and raises many questions. And part of the new initiative that NIH will be pursuing now is to investigate uh, new models for being able to get the kind of power of the studies I just described to you, aggregating all this data, integrating all this data, making it available widely to the scientific community, but at the same time ensuring uh, security and privacy uh, that's a, that is so needed as part of uh, what we do when we do research on humans. When it comes to security for that sort of data, what are the challenges? Is it a matter of authenticating the users that are having access to it or you know, making sure that it's secure on cloud-based platforms? You know, what are some of those challenges? It's all of the above. It includes, obviously, validating what the, the source of data and making sure that when you integrate different data sets that you're appropriately doing it and keeping the proper identification of individuals so that what you attribute to an individual, some piece of data, is the correct individual. At the same time, you need to make sure that the people who are accessing that data have been properly credentialed to do that work. We have a whole set of approaches that we use to allow an individual to do what's called human subjects research, and that requires appropriate approvals and appropriate authentication of the individuals. And obviously, as the data becomes distributed, you need to be honoring all of these steps but doing so in a distributed way. Because many of your projects involve multiple parties, researchers from different places, contributors of data from different sources, when it comes to privacy regulations across different states and the federal government, there's an inconsistent patchwork. Does that inconsistency in terms of security and privacy regulations impact the research that you're able to do at NIH? Or does it complicate the informatics projects? And if so, how? I wouldn't say it overwhelmingly complicates it up until now. I think going forward, it will become an issue that we need to be carefully monitoring. Part of what's being created as part of this new initiative at NIH is something called a Scientific Data Council. And that Scientific Data Council has has many responsibilities, but one of which is to be a body with expertise and appropriate authorities for monitoring these kinds of obstacles as they might develop and also to develop new approaches when new challenges come up to be able to tackle some of these issues and have it also anticipate what might become challenging down the road. And some of these issues around privacy regulations are the kinds of things they will need to be monitoring and appropriately developing uh, strategies to help overcome any barriers. The recently released HIPAA omnibus regulations 
had a component that changed some of how patients can give consent for data being used for future research. Can you tell yet if that will have any impact on NIH research and informatics projects, and if so, how? So I would say that area is very fast-moving and relates very heavily to a lot of complicated nuances associated with patient and human subjects information that I frankly don't have the expertise in, so I wouldn't even want to conjecture an answer. There are people to talk to that have far more expertise than me, but it it is the kinds of things that, you know, 10 years ago was not nearly as much an issue for the studies that were done at that time as the opportunities present themselves now where this does become very relevant. NIH has a lot of big data projects underway. What are the security and privacy challenges related to those efforts, and how are you addressing those challenges? So it's similar to what I was saying earlier. If you take as one example among large projects that are going on now are projects to sequence the genomes of many individuals as part of clinical research studies and other research studies. And the real benefit of having large data sets available is that you're not just looking at dozens of individuals and their data or hundreds or thousands, but tens of thousands, even eventually hundreds of thousands of individuals. And in order to do that, you need all the data in one place to be able to compute off it all at once. You get more statistical power the more people you have data from. But when you go to do that, you need to aggregate all that data into one place to allow computation to take place. And yet when you do that, you're moving data around, and so you have to be cognizant of privacy and security, uh, where that data is, who can access it, who has the right to access it, what permissions have been given, what stipulations have been associated with the use of that data, and so forth. So it just becomes challenging, but those are the kinds of things that we're now looking into with figuring out the best solutions. Are there any new or emerging security technologies that you think will be important to your biomedical research? For instance, the use of encryption or any other new security technologies they evolve? There are people I know here who are looking at this and are studying this. In fact, I think we are, we are funding individuals both here at NIH and elsewhere to look at these kinds of things, especially when it comes to cloud computing and other and encryption technologies and so forth. So I think all this is under active investigation. Thanks, Eric. I've been talking to Dr. Eric Green of the National Institutes of Health. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.